I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm in a glass of iced tea and enjoy. My, how the times have changed. In some cases, it's wonderful. Technology has led us down a road that is so great. Well, just last week, I had my refrigerator text me. I had my generator text me and my radar text me to let me know that a thunderstorm was within five miles of my house. But is it really all that great with technology? And sometimes we step back and wish life was a little bit simpler. I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode titled Route 1 Mayberry. Terry, I was way too young in 1969 to, to know anything about the United States landing on the moon. And was it this week or this past couple of weeks we had the, the thing land on Mars? Yeah, we had, uh, NASA had a rover that they call Perseverance, and it touched down on Mars this week. And, you know, that was supposedly a huge accomplishment. Now, is there any signs of a Dollar General yet? Anything like that? Uh, no, but give them time. There will be one that will <laughs> pop up. I mean, think about it. There's not a Dollar General that's not on every street corner. I know. So it's coming to Mars, I'm sure. Well, and the thing about it was, no lie, I'm not exaggerating, about 10, 15 years ago, my husband and I had a conversation, and we were talking about, should we buy some stock or whatever else? And I could kick myself because I said, we need to invest in Dollar General. And that was only when, in our little community, we may have had two or three. Yeah. But you could just kind of sense they were starting to pop up when you traveled outside of our state into other states. You just start to see more of them popping up. And now, honestly, they literally are. And don't get me wrong, I love the convenience of them. They're on every street corner. They are. Every community needs it. But, you know, as good as those accomplishments are when we talk about NASA and landing on the moon and then all of the scientific advancements that we have in healthcare and the technology uh, such as Perseverance and, you know, with our phones and our satellite systems and all of that, there's been huge advancements. Do you ever stop and wonder, is that great for us or do you I mean, do you think we are better today because of those advancements or do you think that we were better when times were simpler well you know and it while you were talking there it just popped in my head like a bell going off of alan jackson uh the little man do you remember that oh yeah I, that's one of my favorite songs by alan jackson yeah. talking about how walmarts have put yeah. the little man out of business he uh he uh got in his truck and drove to florida one day and got the idea for that just driving through the whole southern towns that you know, the little guy wouldn't sell beer. He wouldn't oh, yeah, do this. Uh, exactly. And he's gone now. That little guy that used to come out and check your oil and put your hair in your tire, he ain't there no more. You know, that's a good point that you talk about. They've got these buckies that are opening up. Did you read that? They're huge. That they almost, what is it, 196 pumps? Yeah. And they've got 200 employees. And this is right outside Birmingham. Buckies are starting to pop up everywhere, but that's like, a Saturday. That's I've how you been, can spend a Saturdays. Go in one. I refuse to. to. Houston. I, was, I stopped the one in Houston, passing through there and pulled in there. It, it is. It, you can't imagine how big it is. So I, I know, but so it does kind of make you wonder. Just in life in general, are we better for all of these 
bigger, finer, more advanced things, or are we not? I, well, I, you take Walmart, for example, and I'm sure that you've caught this. As you go in, cashiers are fading away, and they're doing away with jobs, and they're down to maybe one line now that has an, an actual person in it. Now you got to scan your own food. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, and, I, you know, I'd be interested to see what our listeners think about that. Do they like the fact, the convenience of, okay, I just have to find the barcode? And I love the idea of the barcode. The barcode is something in itself that we've really advanced with, RFID. I mean, there's just tons of cool advancements, but at what cost? And the reason I say that is because there's an article that was out in 2019, and this is talking about our young Americans, our kids, and it's talking about, you know, are we better off? And it says the percentage of young Americans experiencing certain types of mental health disorders has risen significantly over the past decade with no corresponding increase in older adults. And I think that's, I think you could question that. We've seen a lot on TV where somebody's had a run-in with the law and supposedly they, they had a mental health condition. So, right. But everything is about, it's almost like we want to paint this facade that we live in a perfect world. And you and I know there is no such thing, but you think about social media and everything that people post how often do you see? Now, you may say, see somebody with a beloved animal or a picture of a family member and says, I lost them today. But for the most part, it's vacations and sunshine and look what I got. Yeah. And that's not reality. I mean, you look at, let's just stop for a minute and think about the dating process years ago when you and I were dating people in our, in our life when we were old enough to date. And then you just found somebody you were interested in or they were interested in you and they asked you out. If yep. things progressed, they progressed. If they didn't, it kind of faded away and you moved on to somebody else. You didn't have to have this formal process. But now our kids, when you hear them talk, it's about, well, we're just talking. Well, I, I don't even know what talking means. Back in our day, you just pull over and talk to Bubba at the stores, what that meant to me. Well, today it's something totally different. Talking means... Well, you and this person are talking. You may not be exclusive, but you're kind of in that infant stage of the relationship. I mean, that just sounds crazy to me. And then if you want to take it to the next level where you're officially an item, well, you have to formally ask that person, hey, would you like to date? In our world, we would have looked at him and said, well, I thought we were. Yeah. And, of course, the class ring back in the day was the symbol of everything. Oh, absolutely. If you got that and class ring, I mean, that was hot stuff. Do they even – I don't see class rings anymore. Is that still an item? Yeah, it is, but it's kind of fading out. But that kind of leads into the proposals. I mean, have you seen some elaborate proposals here lately? Oh, well, what's her face? The, the rich Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. The Cartier boy that she's going to be marrying. It's her fourth engagement, so she's gotten pretty good at the photo ops for these things, Terry. And it's huge. The ring, the production. It wasn't like he asked her to marry him. It was a staged event. Okay, well, in contrast to that, let's just go back a few years. Let's go back 30 years. Did you not say that 
you basically asked Angie to marry you while you were asking her to pass the cornbread. Yeah, we were at the uh, the kitchen table there, and you know my mother butted in and uh, kind of ruined it. that. Yeah, so I had to go ahead and do it. Then at that point, at the supper table, everybody. But I mean, was it going to be a huge production? No, no. It was just I was going to ask her while we were by ourselves to marry me, and it was going to be it. And I would have told them, and that's it. And that's basically the same thing for. You know, my husband and I, I think one day we were getting ready. Y'all were Cracker Barrel or something? No, no, we weren't around the food table and we weren't passing the cornbread. But, I mean, it was, it was, don't get me wrong, it was a special moment, but it was just between he and I. Now, it has got to be on social media. I mean, and be on there quickly. I mean, pictures of it. I mean, I know we're talking about Paris Hilton, but it's even the average Joe Smo has got to have a production of that. Yeah. Think about when that couple gets married, okay? And then at some point down the road, they end up deciding that they want to have children. Well, when you found out that, you know, you and Angie were pregnant, how did you go around and announce, okay, when, when you had uh, your first child, Dylan, how did y'all go around and announce that, you know, hey, we're, we're expecting? I think she called her mama. And told her. Yeah, that was, and I mean, that was it. But I mean, it was a joyous Correct. event. But guess what you have to have now? Oh, boy. I know. I see it. Gender reveal party. You know, in the first five or six of those I saw, I didn't really know what that meant. And then you start watching the videos and all that. You know, it's elaborate how people go to bust those colors now. And some people have gotten killed. Yeah. They've had these the gender re- Yeah, the cannon. They get the whole family and friends. I mean, it's not like one or two people like you used to have. Like I said, everything has got to be a production. And the cannon backfires or shoots off and it's supposed to have this burst of pink or burst of blue to identify the gender of the child and i thought it hit somebody i mean it's shrapnel it uh, yeah and the guy died yeah 26 year old man did so think about if you go and you're a coffee drinker i'm a coffee drinker yeah if you go to a starbucks have you ever gone to a starbucks one time in my life What'd you order? I don't know because somebody else ordered. I was in Tupelo and uh, I went up to see old Jim Wade. Jim, such a nice, a good friend of mine. And I dropped in to see Jim Wade and the, and the girl that was with me. She said, "We need to get a cup of coffee." So I'm thinking, like I always do, my Folgers. We whip in, and this has been ten, <laughs> fifteen years ago now, and it was like nine bucks with some whippy looking cream on top, and it didn't taste like coffee. I don't know what I got. And I have not been back since. Well, I, did you like it? No, no, I did not. Well, now, I'll be the first to admit, I love going to a Starbucks, especially when it's really cold and dreary outside. There is nothing better than going to a Starbucks or PJs or, you know, anything like that and trying to order a cup of coffee. But it is a production. Let me just give you a rundown. And this is just a slight rundown of what you might expect at a Starbucks or something similar. Well, you got your hot coffees, you got your hot teas, you got your frappuccinos, your cold coffees, your espresso shots. And I know you're understanding everything that I'm telling oh, you. Oh, I'm right, on Scotty? top of this, Terry. Okay, you got your flat whites, such as honey almond milk flat white. You got your lattes. Maybe you want a chestnut praline latte. You got your macchiatos. You got your mochas. Now, that's where I like my white chocolate mocha. But the days of going in and ordering... You want black coffee. You want a coffee with some cream and sugar. You want a coffee with some sugar. Those days are over. It's almost overwhelming just trying to figure out 
what do you want to order? And you see, and I still live in the the coffee creamer world. I, I have not moved on, and I don't think I can. Do, do you know what I mean by that? Well, you need to brush up on it before you go into a Starbucks again because the menu is unlimited. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because you got a lot of folks out there. I mean, we coffee lovers, that is really smart business because – I don't know what the percentage of us are that were big coffee drinkers, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It is a booming business, but it's complicated. It's not simple. Oh, no. There's not three or four different items. There's probably, when you look at, let's just say Starbucks, you probably look at their menu. There's probably safely over 100 items that you can order when you go into a Starbucks. What happened to that in the saucer? So you talk about the little man. You go into a little cafe and you want to get a cup of coffee. You think they got a hundred ways of giving you no, a cup of coffee or a hot tea or a mocha or a latte or whatever else? It ain't there. No, it's not there. Talking about the dating world and how complex that's gotten, do you know that you don't just ask somebody to go on a to go to the prom with you anymore? That's right. Uh, did you ever, did you have a prom when you were back in school? Yeah. Yeah. I went, uh, I think both times, you know, you're supposed to go your junior and senior year. Okay. Well, we didn't have it at our school. We had gotten in trouble and, you know, this was a, a graduating class of about 600 kids. And so they put the stop to that. And as, aren't you supposed to remember what the name of the prom? I couldn't tell you what them things were. Well, named. we didn't have one. We didn't have one my junior year. We didn't have one my senior year. But I know that when my daughter was going through and she got asked, she came in and it had a little saying on a box of donuts and whatever. And I was like, what? Okay. So here's some of the things that people have said. Now they're cute. Don't get me wrong. But the day of just if you want to go to the prom with somebody, you just ask them. No, so you would be run out. Too. Oh, you'd be run out of town. Here's one: I would be a lucky duck if you would be my date to homecoming. And they're in a baby pool with, you know how you pull a duck? Yeah, that's what it is. All those little ducks in there. So that's what they went to to ask that person. Or how about will you stick by my side at prom? And they have sticky notes all over them, and they're asking them. You see what I'm saying? There's a theme yeah. going on there. Or how about, it's my goal to have fun with you, so, and then you see a soccer ball sitting there, and it says, and on the soccer ball, it says, let's kick it at prom, question mark. Everything has got to be taken to the next level. Do you remember Andy Griffith? What do they do on Sundays? Oh, they sit on the front porch, and they all talk and socialize. That's it. Those days are over. And when you talk about the little man, those days are over. Talk about Andy Griffith for a second. They're sitting out on the front porch. How many phones do they probably have in their house? Not one. One. If they had that. If they had that. And it was on a party line. Yeah. So in today's world... Who's the comedian that talks about the... Uh, oh, uh, James Gregory. So what are some of the stuff that he was talking about with just the advances and just how things have changed with phones? Well, it's like sitting down to supper. You can't just sit down if the phone rings once you got to jump up and everybody fight to go find out who it was <laughs> that called you. And you know, there's whose so phone it rang on. Yeah. But you know, way back in the day, do you remember, I, this was always a policy at my parents. If the phone rang and you were sitting there eating dinner... Guess you didn't what you, touch it. You didn't... You did not get up and answer that phone that was a time that was meant for family well that's those, gone that's gone 
because now everybody has a cell phone. How many times, and I'm guilty of this, I told somebody the other day, got to work and realized what? Left my cell phone. Well, you can't go the whole day without it. You got to Guess go what home. I did? I went all the way back, and this is 25 minutes, and you know that 25 minutes to work, 25 minutes back to have that cell phone. It is like your lifeline. And I'm thinking, how did we get this way? We managed 25 years ago, 30 years ago. You didn't have a cell phone on you. Yeah, you know, it is convenient now. If you go somewhere that you can call home, if you forget something, you can take a picture and send it home to make sure that's what you want. But there was that time when it was just the lonely payphone booth outside that you had to dig around for the dime to call home. You know, do you see that many payphones around these days? And even if you go and you find a payphone and you pick it up, it's it dead. Work. Right, exactly. So I guess it begs the question of, what do you think, Scotty? Do you think we're better off? I mean, think about the mental health that I brought up earlier. I mean, everything is such a big production. Yes, we've made some huge advances when it comes to health care and science and medicines and the rover on Mars. You can communicate so much easier. And in some instances, it is good. Like you take tornado warnings. It saves people's lives to be able to instantly put out this area there's a tornado warning coming for you and people move to it but at the same time it is about ruined america you know and this morning before uh you and i got together i sat back and i think i'm gonna just voice it because at some point and put it out there because so many people have forgotten it uh, 1965 paul harvey if i were the devil have you ever listened to that no but i never missed and now you know the rest of the story well, there's bound to be some more folks who've never heard it, and I'm just going to read this. Now, Paul Harvey done this in 1965. It was called, If I Were the Devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I'd seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first, and I would begin with a campaign of whispers, with the wisdom of a serpent. I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth, and I would convince the children that man created God instead of the other way around. I'd confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. In the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington." Then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. And I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each, in its turn, was consumed. And with the promises of higher ratings... I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellect but neglect to discipline emotions. I'd tell teachers to let their students run wild. And before you know it, you'd have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. With a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing and judges promoting pornography. Soon, I would evict God from the courthouse and the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. In his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and defy science. 
I'd lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I'd kill the incentive of the ambitious. Well, what do you bet I could get whole states to promote gambling as a way to get rich? I'd convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, and what you see on television is a way to be. And thus, I could undress you in public and lure you into bed with diseases for which there are no cures. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. That's an interesting perspective on that. I think that's why I said, I, I think we're torn on is all of the advances that we have today a good thing or a bad thing. I think about our youth and I think about how, like you said, if you got in a car and you went down the road and you had a flat tire, you were SOL. Yeah. Well, now you got a cell phone, so that's wonderful. Mom and dad, and I am so thankful for this. I can track where my child is. Is it that I don't trust them? No. It's I want to know that they got a, from point A to point B safely. Because I always say, text me when you get there. Well, guess what? I may get a text. I may not. I don't know what I would do without that. But at the same time, everything that they see is you can't do simple things anymore. How many times do you see kids sitting on a front porch? You don't. You don't. And you can't tell me the the many, many times that a cell phone and the Internet on it hadn't introduced a, a kid to a world that they didn't need to see, something they didn't need to see. Somebody with temptations, it's right there at the palm of their hand, and it has ruined lives. It is. And, and not only that, it's taken away the real fabric of who we are, and that is apple pie and baseball and yeah. you know, those sort of things. A lot of kids don't even know what fresh air is. They're so consumed with video games. Exactly. And while some of them may grow up and do things for the government and do things in technology and make advances that we would never be able to make in our lifetime, there are others that it's absolutely ruining their lives because they don't know what it is like to make believe and imagine and use their own imagination and use did you ever play cowboys and indians when oh, you were growing of up of course me oh and my, my cap goodness gun. yes and we'd be outside all day long and i can remember my mom and dad hollering for us to come inside and eat and again if that phone rang you were not to answer that phone while you were sitting at the table but guess what you wanted to do as soon as you finished that meal back outside again and you know and now it's become politically incorrect to say cowboys and Indians. That's we, right. It is just turned into a nightmare. It's like I woke up one morning and I don't recognize what I'm around anymore. Well, you know, I love Paul Harvey, and I think that it was always interesting to kind of listen to those stories. And now you know the rest of the story. And that was a, a way for us back in the day to have that connection and mm-hmm. to know something that we might may not have known. I can't tell you how many times I see people at a restaurant and they're not even having a connection with each other because they're looking at their phone. phone. Their connection is to things that will really never matter in their life. It's a connection that really they are never going to know intimately because it's in another country and it's another what you know, it's, it's so far away. Is it great to look and find as a source of information and how many times do you not know something and that you get on YouTube and it's 
it's hey, there. It's there. It can teach you. So there are great things. I'm not saying I'm on one side or the other. I just think that we got to take it in smaller doses. It's almost like we're drinking from a fountain now because we have too many things that are at our fingertips. It's almost taken away. It's like mind controlling. There's so many great things about technology and advances, but what is that taking away from us as who we are? How do we relate to people? It's taking the emotion out of a lot of things. The connections that we had in our family. And, you know, we've talked about the online dating and stuff before. You know, that connection of dating and holding hands, it's it's all about the likes and stuff on a, on a dating site. But even the simple things that we take for granted, the dating, the marriage, the having children, we can't just do simple things anymore by picking up the phone and calling somebody or walking over to a neighbor. It has to be on a grandiose scale because guess what? We got to take that. And then publicize that in social media because we are living in a perfect world. And in reality, we're not. And when it gets back to the little man, the little things that we used to take for granted of going down the street and spending a dollar and getting a cup of coffee and a breakfast and sitting there congregating with people in our community, you don't do that anymore. And I watched this not long ago. And how many times have you watched, seen this stuff on Facebook or or on YouTube of somebody doing a good deed that saved something. Well, there was a guy that was saving some puppies that had been thrown off in like a canal. It was a concrete canal that ran in the city. And you could tell it was so faked because he gets down and then he goes and gets something to dip them out with instead of jumping down in the creek where I call it a creek. It was a Sawashi right, type uh-huh. thing. But he didn't get down in there and save the puppies. You know, it was an all production of to get the right camera angle before they got the puppies out. <laughs> And, you know, the puppies could have died. Exactly. Do the right thing. Don't try to get a photo op out of life. Do it, and good things come to you later. Exactly. So where do you stand, Scott? Do you think that as we talk about we have the rover that landed on Mars, we've got, you know, all the things that we've talked about, that the advances that we've never had 20 years ago, but we've lost some of that, too, uh, the ability, to, like I said, to have that connection to do the simpler well, the deep, things. Where do you think we are? Well, a- as you bring that up, the Deep South learned how to get back to the basics after that storm came through. Uh, you know, we lost electricity. We lost Internet. We lost water. And I'm telling you, here in the Deep South, uh, all throughout Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, there was none of those for about, for what, four or five days there? And, and think about what those poor folks in Texas are still going through. Yeah. Yeah, so... When you talked about that, it's almost like you had to learn how to. And there's some people that couldn't. Yeah, survive. because they didn't have those that skill set of what it's like to take your family and go camping. Yeah, because we were basically were. I mean, think about how many of us were without power and without water. And when you ran out of water, the thing to do was go out in the yard and get snow and let it melt and use that for the water around the house that you needed. So many people don't even know how to do that. How many people? Did you see that posted about, I don't have internet? Yeah. I mean, that was their, almost like their number one concern rather than they didn't have water. Yeah. That's where we've come. And that's what I'm saying is that necessarily a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we have water and power again. But it was almost kind of the kid coming out in us that we didn't have power. And I just wonder how many people looked at it like that. Now, don't get me wrong. The people in Texas that have been without power for as long as they have been, 
nobody wishes that on anybody. You know, in our area, we've had some areas that run at two weeks in the, on the rural route to where they couldn't get the power companies to about two weeks without power. And I almost want to relate this to, you know, technology is great and the way we live is great, but you have to take everything in proportions. It's like overeating. You can do too much of a good thing and run it. Does it? Does yeah, that, make that sense? makes perfect sense. And that's kind of where I am on it because I, I wouldn't want to live without my air conditioning. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love me some AC and heat. But people take things to an all new level of, you know, you can use something that was invented to be good and turn it into something evil. Uh, hatred does that does that make sense yeah you know like you take post where they go after people and are ugly it, it wasn't invented for that reason it was to advance humankind to do good things yeah i know it's it's a daunting thing to think about as far as we've gotten did we actually take some steps back in terms of humanity and uh, the person that we are, we don't live in a perfect world. And I think what we try to portray sometimes is that we do, or we take advantage of technology to really hurt people. Now, we also do technology to help people. I don't know. Sometimes I just want to go into a Starbucks and get a cup of coffee, and that's all I want. A few years ago, Brad Paisley had a song called Online. He may have lived in his mama's basement, but online, he could be anybody he wanted to be. He could be six foot tall and drive a Maserati. Well, back in 95, I went to L.A., and I found out they don't call it Rodeo Drive. They call it Rodeo. Well, they had eight lanes of traffic, and I don't think I've ever gripped a steering wheel quite so hard in all my life. I even got a ticket for parking my car too far away from the curb. I ate at one of the finest steakhouses there was in L.A. and had dinner that night with Jody Messina. It was a treat. But I gotta say, I was really happy when those wheels touched down on that one runway we had. As I drove home that night, I realized that, well, my world was a little bit different. Out in LA, there were people everywhere. Red lights, traffic. We don't even have a red light in the entire county. We got a flashing light if that counts. It doesn't matter where you're at or where you're from. There's always a front porch, a six string, and somebody walking by that you know by first name. That's because there's a little Mayberry in every town. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, well, you know a secret. Well, now you got a better understanding what Johnny Cash meant when he sang about Sunday morning coming down.